Hello and welcome to Carefully Taught, teaching musical theater with Maddie and Kikau. A podcast to discuss TikTok? TikTok? Discuss TikTok? Welcome back, friends, to our two-part series on TikTok and how to use TikTok in our musical theater classrooms. We've got two very exciting guests today. I'm not going to waste any time. Let's just jump right in with Broadway Bob. Cool. So we're continuing our conversation about the interface between musical theater education and TikTok. And we are blessed to be in the presence of the king of musical theater, TikTok, Mr. Broadway Bob. You know, my personal TikTok, I knew that I was on to something and I had made it when Broadway Bob duetted my TikTok about the, what I thought the problem with musical theater, with the adaptation of movies to musicals were. He just, he did one of those duets where like he just watched me and pointed and gave thumbs up to the things that I was saying. And that's when I knew I'd made it. Um, Broadway Bob has about 70,000 followers on TikTok and really is part of the musical theater conversation that is happening um, in on the on the on the TikTok. Um, so thank you, Broadway Bob, for being here on our podcast. Can't wait to talk to you about musical theater education and TikTok. Well, thank you for having me. I mean, wow, I'm very flattered. I think that um, there was a point during the pandemic where I think I joined TikTok at just the right time where like theater TikTok was in its infancy and um, people were looking for a space to kind of release all of this theater frustration from not being able to do something. And I think I hit right at the right time. So. <laughs> well, yeah, let's, and let's talk about that because um, you've sort of been a personality um, in the musical theater landscape uh, before you know, your entrance into TikTok. Can you talk a little bit about, about that? Like the YouTube and the, and the, the different things that you have done prior mm -hmm. to the, the TikTok celebrity that you are now. Yeah, well, um, yeah, so I started out maybe there was a point where I've always been a fan of theater. I mean, everyone um, who listens to this probably understands like the course of theater and how you, you you start as a very young adult or a child and you love theater. And um, one thing that I decided to do maybe about 10 years ago is I thought I love to write. I love theater. Why don't I pair those two things together and start writing about the theater landscape and the cultural landscape in Chicago? That's where I live. And the theater culture in Chicago is huge. Um, I'm not sure if it's the case now, but there are at any point like 200 theater companies in the city at any given point. And so I wrote about theater. I started like putting my name out there and I got on a few press, li press lists. And for about five years, I consistently wrote about theater for Huffington Post. Um, Choose Chicago, NBC5 Chicago, a few other sites. Some of it would I get paid, some of it, most of it I didn't. I did it just because I wanted to. I reviewed shows, I wrote about the theater, the cultural landscape in Chicago. So that's kind of where I really got ingrained in terms of like how to process what I'm seeing and how to articulate it and how to be critical of what I'm seeing and to find my voice in that space. Um, and then I moved on because um, my actual job became um, something where I needed to focus my time. And then TikTok came along and I just said, hey, let's figure this out. And I kind of rebooted that part of my life I'd set aside for several years. So that's that's kind of where I started and where I am today. <laughs> Do you see uh, a connection between 
what you do on TikTok with uh, musical theater education, just sort of bringing that around, like, is there, um, how do you imagine or can you see any interaction between um, a student who's interested in, in musical theater uh, with what you're doing on TikTok? Well, what I can speak from, because I'm not a teacher, but what I can speak from is TikTok has taught me a lot about theater. And I walked in with my perspective and what I thought, and I thought I knew a lot. And what I'm learning, because there's a whole generation of voices out there who every day I'm learning about something about the theatrical landscape, that it's changing my perspective and making me question the way I held things. So for me, I'm learning a lot. It's a teaching tool for me in terms of helping me reframe how I thought about theater, um, uh, about theater safety, about representation in theater, about shows that we need to hold accountable and how we process theater. And so as a teaching tool for myself, it's been really helpful. And I can easily see taking that and translating it into the classroom and injecting new voices and perspectives. There's a, I, there's a lot of people out there who I consider to be the real true theater voices on TikTok because they're the ones who are living it and doing it and, and have really great perspectives. So I think finding and elevating those voices in your classrooms can be really helpful because they're their peers. They're people just like them that are out there sharing their perspective. And that's what's more powerful than that. I can also see how um, someone who is a, a fan of theater and uh, an audience for theater um, can, can be a little bit on the outside and hold accountable the industry. Um, how you navigate maybe those tricky or, or sticky spots when you're when you're saying things that might be uh, controversial or, or might not be the most favorable opinion? Yeah, it's a really good question. And I think um, I kind of stumbled onto having this many followers. Now I've realized that when I say something, people look to that as, as evidence in your recent episode. It blew my mind that there's someone using my content to help teach a classroom. So I take that responsibility pretty um, with a, I, I take that very seriously. And so when I do voice my perspective, I try to really think about all the angles about, about what are, how do I wanna talk about this? And what, what is most representative of where I wanna, where, what, what makes the most sense in terms of what is actually happening in the theater community today? Um, and I have to challenge myself in terms of reshaping my perspectives on things, that closed captioning thing that just came up that you just saw. That, I, I had never considered that perspective before about having a device in the theater that resembles a phone and people um, calling you out on that and how humiliating that is. It taught me around accessibility in theater, around new technology and how we have to do a better job um, making sure that the audience understands what that is, the people who run the house understand that and what the role the performers play. So accessibility in theater is a big, I think, educational opportunity for teachers and for the, and just for fans. I consider myself a fan of theater. I'm not in the industry. I, I'm also an advocate of safe theater, I, I feel, in my own small way. So all of those things, when I speak about that, I try to always focus on those things from a fan perspective. So that's that's where I really try to focus. You know, you say you're not in in the theater, but I do know that you just did a pretty incredible performance in the in a production of Sweeney Todd, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> um, we saw that chronicled. I'm curious, uh, Broadway Bob, if you could talk a little bit about 
one of the things I love about what you're saying is there are theater is so much greater than like just being a performer on Broadway, which I think a lot of musical theater BFA programs are so focused on. And here you are making a, a pretty important impact on the greater theater community as someone who just said, you know, I'm not in the theater. Oh, yes, you are in the theater besides the Sweeney Todd performance. Like you are you are part of the theater community now. And I'm I'm curious if you could talk a little bit about ways that our students could make impact in the greater theater community the way that you are, like through TikTok, for example. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, what would you tell a student that was like, oh, I'd love to make stuff on TikTok, but I, I haven't done it yet. Yeah, I think I think TikTok is a great platform because it it gets your voice out there and it can get it out there very quickly and to a wide audience. The algorithm is fickle, but it also can work in your favor. And I think, and you make a really good point, Maddie. I while I'm not in the theater industry, I guess I am part of the theater community, um, and it's something I've been grappling with. Like, I don't live in New York, but my name is Broadway Bob, and so I I know that there's that element of it. But I think as a student, if, if, if you are learning how to be a theater professional or learning about the industry or learning about musical theater and you have a perspective on it, share it, let's hear it. I think it's, that's the only way we grow by sharing our perspectives and having a conversation. What it's helped me do is I've, I, I heard you say in the last episode, Maddie, how you're meeting people in real life when you go out and having those conversations, it opens up the net for people who, um, who love what you love. It helps you find your tribe. It helps you um, learn new perspectives. And on TikTok in particular, when you look at the FYP, the For You page, once you start engaging, you'll start seeing more of that. You'll start seeing more of that content. At times, it can be an echo chamber if, it's, if, you, if you do focus on those things. But I find if you engage with various types of content, you can get perspectives that align with your interest area. So it's a really great way to learn something really quickly, just based on how you engage with the app. If I could teleport myself to Chicago today, I would, because I want to see that production of The Notebook. Mm. Um, I'm like, every single thing that I see come is is just exciting. And I'm like, oh, I hope this comes. I'm sure it will eventually. Um, my question here is about what you're excited about, what what things you're seeing, what trends you're seeing or, or shows. I mean, it's a pretty open question, but like, what yeah. is like, what are you into right now? What are you excited about? Well, first I will say the notebook, the musical surprised me and how good it is. It is phenomenal. So if, if you're around in the next couple of weeks, go see it. Um, but Chicago theater in particular, I think what excites me and continues, continues to excite me is it is a theater community that is accessible. It has its problems like any other theater community, but from my perspective, it has, there, there's so much to see and there's so many theater companies doing such great work that you can easily see a lot of diverse perspectives, a lot of diverse theater, um, a lot of new theater playwrights and untested theater. I think Broadway very much gravitates and off-Broadway gravitates towards the known commodity for a lot, for a lot of it. But in Chicago, it's very, exper it's very experimental um a lot of young people putting up shows that's why there's 200 theater com companies a lot of the times because they start a theater company and then they kind of disband after a couple of years but there's so much diversity that makes me really excited when i can see that diversity on stage and see all those voices and i think chicago does a really great job of um elevating that and supporting that and 
if you want to do a show and you want to be an actor, you probably can find an avenue to do it in the city. That's what excites me. So um, imagine, if you will, um, we've got a listener that we're, we're now doing our second part of our two-part episode on musical theater TikTok and musical theater education and TikTok, and they're not on TikTok yet. Um, but now they're, they're curious. They are TikTok curious. Um, what would you tell them? What do they need to know, uh, before downloading the app or as they're downloading the app, how do they get into the world of musical theater TikTok? It's, I will say it's overwhelming the first time you open it up. Someone said to me, <laughs> that app is loud because the moment you open it up, it's like saying something to you and you're like, whoa. So you're diving into a fast moving stream. And if you can't navigate that stream, you can get lost and it can be confusing. But it's really easy to start um, pointing the algorithm and you hear that term a lot, but it's a real thing. It's a very smart app. Um, it will, if you, there's things that you like to see, there's some followers that you could follow um, who are theater followers, yourself and myself. And there's uh, theater's life. I love her. I think um, I think that there is a ton of, uh, if you start following those folks, it will immediately start getting smarter around who to follow. You'll find more people like you. Engage with that content, like it, comment, and it will start showing you information that will be more aligned to your interests. So I think that's where I would recommend in terms of not being overwhelmed and you open it up. And then if you feel comfortable, start engaging. I mean, there's a lot of people who are on the app who just use it primarily just to watch and comment and like. <laughs> and that's cool too. Um, but, you know, if you feel comfortable, you know, uh, put put your voice out there. And um, and it's not for everyone in terms of that regard, but it's another way to engage with a with a community. You can also, you know, do uh, for friends only, so people only that you that you follow, and um, you can share that way. But it's uh, it's it is what you make it, like most things in life, and you have to engage with it and kind of direct it where you want to go. I think um, after doing these two episodes, I I've, I need to post something. I'm just it's like it's just one of those things. I'm one of the the those people that feel overwhelmed by it, but. But, you know, once you say something, you can't retract it. There's something that's so like out in the in the world about it um, that yeah. just gives me a little anxiety. Um, there, is immediacy, I, there is an immediacy that's very it's 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 um, unlike any other app that I have personally experienced that it is a very quick way to engage with an audience. That's how you learn stuff so quickly, because mm -hmm. it's very much of the moment. And then things go away very quickly. <laughs> yeah, I will say there there's something um uh, interesting, you know, currently in this moment there's that trend of the one thing about me and then people start unpacking their trauma and yeah. and I it feels like a a car accident that you're just slowly watching um and also there's something about that level of vulnerability um when someone's sharing that that I I find interesting and and yeah potentially impactful to to my own to myself to to my students um i'm curious to know if there's any trends that you are um <laughs> similarly interested in or do you find yourself uh you know I, I know one of the the posts that did very well for you was doing patty lupone's voiceover that video and it was like a whole thing i'm just wondering yeah. what trends you you see that that you're particularly interested in or, or avoid? I don't typically do trends. If I do them, I'm just doing them just to like have a gas, you know? I, I'm not a trend type TikToker. I'm usually like, I create my own stuff. And uh, um, 
And I think that's, a, I, there's a place for trends and I like seeing that, but sometimes I'm like, okay, that thing, I'm, I'm over it. Um, so I don't, I'm not, I don't really do trends. There's some people who do them really well, but on, on occasion I do them, but I think it's a way in those particular trends for people to share a little bit about themselves. And there's some oversharing as in most social media with a lot of strangers. You also have to put boundaries up because you can find yourself getting really um, invested in someone's story and their and what's happening with them. And it can be a little emotionally draining sometimes. So you have to go into these things with a little bit of like, what are you going to give? What are you going to get out of this? And like I said, like you can not engage with that content or say you don't like it. There's a button to do that and it will show you less of that. So there's ways to kind of get around that a little bit. But to your question on trends, I'm not really a trend queen, so I really can't answer it. <laughs> Um, you know, Kikau, I got to say, it's so interesting as we've talked about this, you do seem to have this anxiety about saying something on, on TikTok that you can't take back, um, which is so interesting because it's, it, it's reminiscent to me. And maybe this is, I'm being too authentic with our listeners here, because it's exactly what I said to you before we started this podcast. And I was like, Kiko, I'm afraid I'm going to say something and then I'm going to learn and, and, and I'm going to realize it was a misstep and I can't say it. But for whatever reason, I haven't had that. I mean, you and I had a conversation about a TikTok that I, I had uh, that maybe you didn't totally agree with. And I was like reflecting and thinking and growing. And, and for me, um, I considered taking it down, to be honest. But then I was like, no, I mean, I think that that growth... I'm I'm okay being authentic. I mean, mm -hmm. that's um, part of how, that's kind of a, it's kind of a forcing function from a teacher perspective of how to take accountability for what you say, think about what you say before you say it, understand how it's going to come across. So there's a, like that risk of putting yourself out there. You always have to assess: Am I taking in all the perspectives here? Is my hot take needed right now? Is this something I need to say at this moment? from my voice? Or do I need to listen to what someone else is saying about this topic? So there is a little bit of like assessing where you play in that before you like put your your mug on a, on your phone and start sounding off. But yeah, I think it's, it's there will come a point, no doubt, where I'll say something um, where I will have to like put my foot in my mouth. It's just inevitable. But I think it will help you be, a, be more thoughtful and um, and if that does happen, I will take full accountability. You know, that's that's just part of how it goes. But it helps you really assess what you're going to say before you say it and get your thoughts together. Yeah, I think that's helpful. I think, um, you know, the appeal for for a podcast is that it's this long form kind of conversation we're having. We can do a little editing here and there, um, mm -hmm. depending on what's what's going on. And And I think that's it. It's the difference between that long form and the and the short it, it, it it's it's you know twitter's character count it's like you got to be so thoughtful about the number of of words that you're thinking of um i know that you also have uh, a podcast or two can you talk a little bit about what those are yeah um so i have two podcasts one of them they're both kind of dormant at the moment because of time but one of them um, with my friend Eric, it's called Exclusive Gay Moment, and we talk about gay culture, and it's pretty it's pretty fun. We have a good time. Um, we've been talking about rebooting it, but our schedules are so nuts these days. Um, so that's more chatty and just kind of topical. We've had some fun guests. We had um, Jonathan Hoover, who does the, um, he does uh, uh, the Pedal Upon Impressions that have been around for a while. I can't remember. I'm blanking on his handle right now, but he's fantastic. 
Um, and then I have a podcast called The Sunset Project, which was kind of a pandemic effort out of a fit of frustration and creativity that was about my love and complex relationship with the show Sunset Boulevard and the drama around the show itself. And I'm really proud of that because it was, it, it helped me hone in on my editing and storytelling abilities. And I think it turned out really good. I, I'm proud of it. I'm not proud of a lot of things in life, but I'm proud of how that one turned out. And it, um, and it's just a, it's a great story. I've had people come to me who've listened to it, who said, I knew nothing about the musical Sunset Boulevard. I don't like the musical Sunset Boulevard. And I was entertained. So what else can you ask for? That's awesome. <laughs> just to say, uh, Jonathan Hoover is inappropriate, Patty. Yes, yes. Thank you, inappropriate, Patty. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, got, I have one other TikTok question for you, Broadway Bob. Um, what would you say to somebody uh, who is afraid of the trolls? Hmm. I would say that the cance the block button is there for a reason. And I I have no qualms about using it. If there's people who the thing about the internet, as we all know, people are out to share their opinions and oftentimes they're just there to like, they're a troll. I don't need to define what a troll is, right? So gotta have your boundaries around what you're going to engage with. The people I think that really have a hard time on the app are the ones who engage with that behavior. They do those clap back responses and then it just becomes this verbal storm of like drama. If you just say, I'm not gonna engage with that. And I'm not saying don't engage with things that people have a different perspective from you, don't get me wrong. But the people who just do it just to like rile you up, you can just block them. <laughs> It is amazing uh, how how effective that block feature is on on the old TikTok. Well, yeah. Broadway Bob, you are awesome. This was so fun. Like I said, when talking about musical theater and TikTok and where those things overlap, you are obviously someone we needed to include because you really you are really out there with your not out there but you are on the app with opinions and and an active part of the theater community and this was a this was a real treat and it's nice to have a conversation one of the things that's interesting about tiktok when you follow people is you start to feel like you know them even though you've never met them and so mm -hmm. you and i have never had a conversation but i feel like i know you because i, I do the same yeah. I feel the same way, Maddie. And I love your perspectives too. Your perspectives are so great. You've been one of the people that have opened up my lens around, around theater. So thank you for what you're doing and keep doing it. And, um, and I'm sure your students are lucky to have you. Oh, thanks. Um, all right. Well, thanks a lot, Broadway Bob. Thank you so thank much. You. And now TikTok creator, theaterist life, Kate Ranking. We are so excited to have Kate Ranking here, who is Theater Is Life TikTok. And um, I'm just so thrilled because I feel like as a TikTok fan, as a fan of yours, that uh, it's fun actually just keeping track of all of the different things you are seeing. Um, I believe that uh, my point of entry into theater was as an audience member first, as a fan first, and you are, I just am living vicariously through all of the things that you're seeing. Um, we're so inspired by you. We're so glad to have you on. Welcome to uh, Carefully Taught Teaching with Musical Theater with Maddie and Kika. How are you? I'm good. Excited to be here. So because our listeners can't uh, can't see Kate and we, uh, Kikau and I can, she is wearing a Hades Town shirt as we speak, sitting in front yes. of In the Heights poster and Spelling Bee. I mean, when I think, 
we I, I gotta say, Kikau, with regards to the guests that we've we decided you decided we were gonna do this uh musical theater TikTok two-parter. We sort of got like the royal family of musical theater TikTok between Kate and Broadway Bob and Daniel and then Jessica about the way that she's using it in the classroom. I feel so lucky. So if people don't understand TikTok musical theater and how to use it in the classroom by the end of this two-parter, then they didn't actually pay any attention because these are the people. So Kate, you recently um, did a, a really interesting full day account of a five show day in New York City, um, which I'm impressed that you are even able to figure out the math to make that all work. Um, tell us a little bit about that. And then we'll sort of go back in time and, and hear about how you even got into TikTok in the first place. But tell us about the five show day, because that was really cool. Yeah. Uh, it was really cool. So one of the things that I always look for when I go to New York are just weird showtimes. Um, and one of the cool things about TikTok is that uh, people have been commenting weird showtimes for me. And so um, they let me know that uh, Titanic had a 5 p.m. show, which, you know, it's it's about a two hour show and it's a 5 p.m. on a Saturday. And most of the showtimes at night are at 8 p.m. So I was like, wow, you know, you could definitely go to an 8 p.m. show. Um, and then uh, Hiprov had a weird late night 10 p.m. show. So I was like, okay, if you found something really short, you could squeeze it in um, or in our case in the same theater, which is <laughs> worked out. Um, and then uh, there's been a lot of really cool theater for young audiences that have been cropping up um, between Winnie the Pooh and now Sesame Street. Um, and then I found another one for Sunday, which was um, The Adventures of Honey and Leon. And all of these children's shows have shows at 11 a.m. in the morning. So you can squeeze one in before you start your day. Um, and so, um, yeah, from there, I figured, you know, you could probably squeeze five shows in if you found the right shows to do it with. Um, and that's something that I've been doing for a really long time because I used to work at a movie theater. And one of my goals was to, uh, <laughs> to try to fit in as many free screenings as I could after work. <laughs> because we got free movie tickets as one of the perks. So I've always been trying to like figure out with the runtime, how many of, you know, one piece of media could you consume? Um, and I finally was able to do that with theater, which was a lot of fun. But the challenge with New York is that you have to know where the theaters are located and if it's reasonable to get from one theater to another, because um, uh, I did a three show day one time where I had to make it all the way from the Lincoln Center to, uh, 20th street and if you know new york that's uh, a lot of blocks and it's very hard to do in a certain amount of time unless the uh public transportation is really on your side so you have to be careful with that but um yeah we figured out it was doable and our last two shows being in the same building really helped uh especially because the second to last show ended up starting 10 minutes late uh because there was a there was a box office um error where they had double booked one of the seats and we were so nervous we were going to miss our last show. Um, but it literally started uh, in time for the fact that it, it ended eight minutes before we had to be to our last show. And it was literally right next door. So we got really lucky there. But it can it can get close if you don't time it out perfectly. That is amazing. The, the, the eight minute commute to get to the yes. next thing. That is so yes. great. 
Can you tell us, uh, as Maddie said, let's rewind a little bit. Talk a little bit about like your background and like where the fandom of musical theater or even participation in it began. And I know we'll eventually get to how you got to TikTok. So if you can kind of make some connections to that as well. Yeah, so um, me being a fan of theater started literally in the womb. Uh, my mom's always been a fan of theater. And uh, uh, she always likes to say that when she was pregnant with me, she would just listen to the cast recording Into the Woods all the time. So uh, that's what did it. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and, and she took me to all of my first shows. So it's always been a part of my life. I do not ever remember a time where I did not love theater. Um, and, and there's always been core memories of the uh, the first time I saw a show, which I was a Christmas Carol. The first time I saw a big musical, which was, uh, there was a regional production of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, which I feel like is a lot of people's first musical, <laughs> is one or Andrew Lloyd Webber or another. Um, and then uh, I vividly remember when I was six years old, uh, my mom took me from a play date that I was having with one of my friends and drove me to a secret location and I did not what we were, know what we were doing. And we ended up going to see uh, the LA production of Beauty and the Beast. And um, uh, that was like, that's always been just so vivid in my mind. And um, from all of those memories, I've just loved theater ever since. Uh, she also took me to New York for the first time, uh, almost exactly 25 years ago, because we saw the original cast of Lion King. Um, <laughs> It was uh, my first Broadway trip was Lion King 1776 and uh, the Diary of Anne Frank. And so I always joke that I could reenact that entire trip now <laughs> um, uh, with 1776 coming back and Lion King still being on Broadway. We also saw Titanic in theaters that year. Um, and now I can see Titanic. So it's like <laughs> it's all coming back 25 years later. Um, but we still to this day will take trips to New York together. Um, she didn't come with me on this last trip, but. Uh, in November, we're doing a weekend together. So that's something that, yeah, I have to thank her for making me a lifelong theater fan. So how did you start uh, getting into TikToking about theater? Like, where where did that all come about? Um, I'm relatively new to the TikTok scene, but you were one of the first people that popped up on my For You page um, because I had this interest in theater. So where did that begin? Yeah, um, I've always loved posting about theater on social media, mostly on my Instagram. Um, but then uh, in 2019, I was a supervisor at a theme park ride. Um, and so a lot of my employees were uh, 18, 19, 20 year olds, uh, and they were already super big on TikTok. And, and one of my um, one of the people that worked with me ended up like going viral very early on in TikTok. And so I knew TikTok as a platform very early on. And I was like, well, what if I just, you know, started making videos for fun on me just going to theater. And so in uh, February, 2020, I made my first TikTok ever, which was me going to see Escape to Margaritaville um, <laughs> uh, using Today Ticks. Uh, it's a horrible video. It's still up. <laughs> but uh uh, and then from there, I just kind of played around with the format for uh, that first month and then everything shut down. So um, so I stopped making videos. Uh, I also like the last theater that I saw before the shutdown was in London. And I had a really hard time balancing like being in London and um, going to see shows. So I don't have any posts from London. But uh, in that period, I just stopped making TikToks altogether. 
and then at a certain point during the shutdown, uh, I just started making videos on um, theater in general. And I think uh, November of 2020, they did a, a no nuance November and um, you would just give a hot take with absolutely no nuance. And one of the takes that I gave was, um, I don't know, it was about adaptations or something. And somebody had commented that um, not all adaptations are good. Uh, you can't compare something like a little night music to uh, Legally Blonde. And I ended up going on this huge rant about um, how Legally Blonde is just as good of a musical as a little night music. And it's one of the best written movie to musical adaptations. Um, and that I could do a whole series on it. And that video went semi-viral. And so uh, I did a 13-part series on Legally Blonde. And that's kind of how I got started um, in the community. And then, yeah, uh, from there, I just kept talking about theater and talking about news that was coming and happening. And and then once theater reopened, it was a lot easier to, you know, because I see a lot of theater anyway, um, to make content. But yeah, it kind of all stemmed from that. Yeah, I um, am also a huge fan of Legally Blonde, so I love that you said that. Uh, I am, you know, I'm interested in, um, as a potentially newbie TikToker, um, that fear I get when it when um, I think about putting a hot take out or my opinion, and then it kind of maybe ruffling feathers or maybe might not be... Um, the most um, popular opinion. And I'm wondering um, sort of if you can just address that, right? You're, you're every day putting, um, talking about your experiences and also um, putting opinions out there that, that may have um, a, a not so popular audience or might be something that goes viral. Talk a little bit about that for you. If, cause if I could just add too, I love hearing yeah. Kate talk about stuff. She is so articulate and bright and progressive in her ideas. Like she's somebody that always look forward to hearing commenting events. So it's not like you're afraid to, to work through challenging topics too. Cause some people just avoid them altogether, but I'll let you answer Kikau's question. Yeah. Um, I definitely think that for a hot take, you have to be passionate enough about your take that it doesn't matter what other people think of it. Um, but I do find that anytime I put a hot take on the internet, I find that there are people agree with, that agree with me. And so it makes me feel less alone in whatever I'm thinking. Uh, and there's always going to be people that disagree. And that's fine too, because at the end of the day, people disagreeing with you on the internet is what makes stuff go viral. Because the more people comment that like this is dumb or you know all the negative comments that you get on a hot take uh those are additional interactions that are going to boost whatever your idea is um and that can be used for better or for worse on the internet but um but i do find that i i'm never alone in thinking something and i think especially with art and with theater that opinions are different for a reason because it's so you know art is so subjective and there's always going to be an audience for something and I think in that same vein there's always going to be somebody that agrees with whatever weird take you have so um it's been kind of a challenging couple of weeks in theater and theater news and some of my favorite follows on TikTok have vanished because of some pushback from some things that they spoke up about um and um I just, 
I, I, I don't know how to talk about this a little bit more. I don't know where to go with that, but like, it feels like a, a particularly tumultuous time to, to throw out ideas. And um, I'm, I don't know, could you talk a little bit? I, I, I appreciate you saying that you find community, but how do you deal with toxicity or um, negativity coming at you when, when you do push the envelope with regards to your point of view? Uh, yeah, and I think this past week has been a big challenge of that. Um, uh, and I think one of the one of the things that you do have to make sure is that you're confident in what you're saying and um, that you stand by it, um, but that you're also willing to listen to people. And I think, um, you know, when, uh, especially this last week, there's been a lot of voices. And so we have to be careful about what exactly we're listening to and what exactly we're putting out there because at a certain point um and i feel this especially that on a platform like tiktok or even other social media platforms like twitter we can start dogpiling on uh certain issues or focusing our energy on the wrong aspect and so that's uh, that's a big thing of what whenever there's a challenging issue like this past week with the hades town lilius white incident um of being able to focus the energy where it needs to be focused. Um, and that can be very difficult when all of your comments want to focus on something else. Um, and so for me, there were times this past week where I just had to stop checking the comments. Um, I really, really, really wish that TikTok had a mute button for videos uh, similar to Twitter, because on Twitter, you can say something and if uh, all of the replies end up being really negative or not in a direction that you want them to go in and you just, for your own mental health, don't want to read them anymore, you can mute the thread. And so it's still there. People can still read it, but you're no longer getting notifications for it. And I really wish that TikTok had something similar um, because, you know, you want to engage with your followers. You want to engage with people in the comments, but sometimes the comments aren't worth engaging with. Um, and uh, that can be very challenging. And then there are uh, times where I just decide not to follow that story anymore. Like uh, Lilius White did respond to uh, <laughs> to the entire incident. And uh, I have not made a video on it because I, for my own mental health, just don't want to deal with that right now. <laughs> um, uh, and I don't, I don't think it adds to the story in a way that people want it to. And so... Um, yeah, it's it's not going to be constructive for anyone. Um, and it gets especially frustrating with situations like that, where um, people involved have made it very clear what they want people to be talking about, and people choose to talk about something else instead. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been a challenging week, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, super, super um, fair. I, I feel like, yeah. um, you know, one of the reasons why we're excited to have you here is, is we, Maddie and I both, interact with um, university-aged students, faculty, um, and so, you know, that 18 to 23 is this individual, is this particular pocket that we are in, um, and, you know, I brought the idea of having this episode up because I see how important it is as a tool. Um, in the case of your TikToks, I see just even a, a human being who is like excited and interested in attending um, theater is really helpful to me to talk about in class because 
um i want them to see like oh it's totally it is possible to see five shows in a day like um the the theater is and can be accessible uh this amazing new show or this small off-broadway theater is is also super important so i'm wondering if there's anything else that you see TikTok being a tool for um in addition to uh or, or maybe in the way that you interact with it um yeah i would love um i think TikTok can be a really great tool for not even just for education because i think that we can get information out about theater and behind the scenes of theater and things that you wouldn't necessarily know unless you went to school for theater or unless you were in the industry uh, itself. And so I think it can be a great way of kind of demystifying the industry as a whole. Um, there are things that I just, you know, take for granted that I just know about theater, like uh, how to get cheap tickets or um, <laughs> uh, what the, I mean, even just, um, the portions of the theater are called like uh you know if if you're sitting in the orchestra or the mezzanine and and there was a time where i just always thought the mezzanine were the worst seats in the house because they were far up and now i'm like there's shows where you have to sit in the mezzanine right so i think just kind of demystifying theater as a whole and the theater going experience and um and i especially love people that are demystifying it from behind the scenes um like I know there's been a couple of videos of people breaking down the differences between swings and understudies um, and uh, standbys. Um, and like, that's that's language I didn't even learn in school. <laughs> I just kind of learned it um, through, you know, m my social media back in the day, I guess was message boards. And so that's stuff that I learned from message boards, but um, you know, it's, it's great to be able to, see that in a one minute TikTok of, hey, this is the information. Um, and it makes just even talking about theater more accessible. It's not just this fancy thing that you have to go to a theater to consume. Um, there's so many different things that you can use it for. Um, I also just love TikTok and the, the opportunity that theaters have from I guess even a marketing standpoint, but the ability to bring the audience into behind the scenes of what's happening on shows, of giving them previews of what, what a show's about. And uh, I'm really excited. I don't think that theaters and productions have really reached the full potential there, but I think there's a lot to bring people into the show experience before they even get to the theater. So that you know, especially with the price of theater as it is, um, audiences want to know what they're going to see before they go see it which is why ips are so popular because you know i know when i go see back to the future i know exactly what that story is and that that's a story that i love uh, i don't necessarily know that with something like k-pop because you know i don't know what that shows about i do now because i saw it but i don't like uh um you know going into it i had no idea what to expect um and i would love to see shows be able to use a platform like TikTok to, you know, almost create community with uh, the audience before they get to the theater. So I think it's just a great tool on multiple levels. Um, there are a lot of people that uh, demystify theater in the way that you're describing. Um, Gen with a hard G is one that I really quite like, and he's such a sweetie too. Like that's a great follow. Yes. <laughs> um, so um, 
Are, are there any other ways that uh, you could picture with your familiarity with TikTok and and um, your relationship with musical theater? I know that you're not a musical theater professor like Kikau and I are, but like, can you can you picture any other ways that we can use this technology in the classroom uh, to better serve the students that are using it outside of the classroom? Yeah, I mean, especially from a musical theater standpoint, even just like I think about even just people that are putting their self tapes online and I know there was a oh, there was a whole controversy for a bit about whether you should do that or not um but I think even just being able to see what people's auditions look like um and being able to see when people are putting the dance calls on like the legally blonde dance call and um that that went viral for a bit and being able to see what other people are doing and um uh, I think uh, I'm even thinking of like Brandon Powers, who uh, will break down choreography online. And so you can see like specifically what choreographers are looking for in auditions. Um, I think for for anybody going into the industry as a performer, those are super helpful to, um, you know, see exactly what people in that casting room are looking for. Um, and I think uh, there's yeah, just a lot of opportunities there. Yeah, I think you're so right on with that. It's like, I didn't even think about that, but you're, you're, you are so correct. Like it's all out there. So if, if you can have a choreographer break it down for you, um, then that automatically kind of raises the stakes for performers. Like to, to some degree, you should maybe like learn the choreography before you go into that call and have you know, use it as an opportunity to just become familiar. So that's that's really wonderful. Um, I am just curious, right, from fan to fan, what you are, you've seen some shows already in this upcoming season, but what are you most excited about um, with the, the new season, uh, this new Broadway season coming up, or that we are in now? Oh, it's already so exciting. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited for spring because I feel like we are going to get so many uh surprises in the spring of stuff that is coming that hasn't announced yet because this season is so weird in that due to the fact that Broadway literally just reopened a year ago uh there were shows that came last year but there were shows that held off so we almost have like a, a 2017 effect where a bunch of shows held off opening in 2016 because they didn't want to compete with Hamilton. And so you created this, uh, uh, essentially a rush of shows opening in 2017. And we had the fullest season that we've ever seen on Broadway. That was the controversial Jeremy Hansen come from away, great comet year. Um, <laughs> we had shows like bandstand that didn't even get nominated that were fantastic. So I think it's, um, there there was a lot happening in that season and we are going to see that to an even larger level this year because you had all of the shows that couldn't open in 2020 for whatever reason um, uh, being you know the shutdown um, and so all of those shows opened last year and then everybody else was kind of just waiting for Broadway to really return to normal um, and I, I would I would argue it still hasn't but um, they're done waiting and so we had more shows this fall than we've ever seen before and then we're going to have even more shows in the spring um and so that's what i'm excited for the mystery of it all 
Um, I think as far as shows uh, in this fall, uh, I love Kimberly Akimbo. I've not seen it on Broadway yet because I did see it off Broadway, but it is one of the sweetest shows. Um, and it has some of the most memorable performances that I've seen this year. So I'm really excited about that. And um, yeah, I think there's just, there's a lot of good theater this season. I'm a little nervous about it, actually, because like in 2017, there were yeah. some things that didn't get the the life that that they deserved, like Bandstand, like the one that you had mentioned, yeah. because we were they were sort of competing against each other and cannibalizing each other. And we've got these high profile like Sweeney Todd. I mean, like there's just so much happening. Um, I mean, the fact that Merrily is opening with the cast that it has the same season that Sweeney is opening the cast that it has written by the same composer. I'm like, I don't know how it all survives. I'm a little nervous about it, um, but we'll see. All right. Well, yeah. I guess we'll see. The good thing is that a lot of it's limited runs, which I That's think true. is very, very smart. Um, and so there's not a ton of overlap. So like into the woods closes right. January 8th, allegedly. I, <laughs> I think it's actually going to close this time. Um, but uh, uh, we have Into the Woods closing January 8th. It starts in November and then extends into the end of January. And then we have Sweeney in February. Um, and, and you know, I think we're all assuming at this point that Marilee is going to transfer just a matter of when. Uh, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see it hold off until the summer or the fall because of the fact that Sweeney is going to be that big revival in the spring. Uh, that in Camelot, which I keep forgetting is coming. Um, but I, I do think it helps that a lot of it is very limited runs, especially with the plays this season. All of them are closing in January. Um, and so they they kind of cannibalize each other in the moment. Um, but then they, you know, they they don't last long. And so um, I think the the shows that hurt the most when that happens are these shows that have open-ended runs that people just assume that they're going to be able to see later um and so uh, you know that's why i always recommend that if there's a show you want to see just go see it because you never know when it's going to close um i saw a lot of people when people were, were asking for hey should i see this show or this show um it would always be something like you can hold off on a strange loop because it'll still be around and now it's closing so it's you know we can't always assume that the shows that we want to see are going to be around um, but I do think that there is uh, there is a little bit of cannibalization, especially this season, unfortunately. Um, so I'll just say that this right here is exactly what I love about TikTok. And if our listeners uh, aren't on TikTok yet, you know, Kate, I, I didn't know you a year ago, six months ago, even before I, I got on the platform, started following you. I ultimately started to contribute some content. Uh, this is what it's all about. And, and, and it'll be interesting to see how it evolves. Like even, even if you don't choose to create content, um, you and I communicate now and we have a relationship. Now you showed up on my, on our podcast because of that relationship, same with Broadway Bob. And so like, it really is an interesting platform to to meet people. We had Sally Cade, uh, producer of Hades, co-producer of Hades Town, on our podcast because she was on uh, a tic, uh, TikTok, and we had gotten connected. Brandon, uh, again, all of these people that we just listed, I, we communicate with one another, and it does make it feel. You know, you had mentioned when you when you post a hot take 
sometimes it makes you feel like you're not alone in that opinion. I think it's so easy to feel isolated, um, even post pandemic, uh, in in our in our love for theater and our and the things that we're interested in, and so to find that community around the world really is is what is the good part <laughs> about social media and TikTok in particular. So thank you so much for carving out time to do this. I know how busy you are. You have a real job plus what is like a triple full-time job with seeing more theater than anybody I have ever known in my life. Um, not just the five show day, but it seems like every time I turn around, you're like bopping over to Chicago to see this. Kiko, I desperately tried to get her to come to cabaret but she that was like a, the new york trip or something like that but she watched the new works concert that we did so anyway thank you for doing this you're amazing um kikau anything you want to say to wrap things up no but um if you ever find yourself in philadelphia please ring and we'll hang out absolutely thank you kate Well, that was amazing. Amazing. Oh my <laughs> like, gosh. So fun. I know I said it in the in the interview, but this is like really like musical theater TikTok royalty here. We we sort of hit the jackpot. Yeah, and at um, the at the very least, I see um our listeners finding using this as an opportunity to follow someone new that you might not have been yeah. familiar with. Uh I and also to open up that door to lots of other resources or folks that we didn't get a chance to interview. But I think this TikTok episode these tiktok episodes have been really fun yeah and it was all your idea you get full credit i was i was skeptical when you brought it up um but i think you you nailed it i mean this was really fun i uh again even if it's not to create content i think if our listeners yeah get on start following people definitely follow me because i'm brilliant um but uh but you know follow kate follow broadway bob uh, the other people you mentioned, Brandon and Gen and, 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 and these, these awesome people, what, what are some of your favorite, uh, musical theater, TikTok follows that we, we didn't, we didn't include? Oh my gosh. I mean, so here's I, my for you page is really interesting because it is, um, lots of folks, uh, and as you know, huge Disney fan, I'm a, right. I am a Disney adult um yeah. as they say so there's like that's a whole nother realm of um interest and magic um but yeah i you know i don't know i can't spout them off now but i think yeah i think um it, it, you know the, i love my favorite part of the um oh my gosh not anal what is it called anagram it's not an anagram of the way in which they all come together Oh, 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 yeah, I can't think of it. Oh, now my either. gosh. Hold on. This, this is a wordle. Um, algorithm. 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 We got there. We Yay. got there. Um, we teach at college. Yes. That the way that the algorithm <laughs> works, you could um, pick my phone up, uh, open my TikTok, uh, sort of start flipping through my For You page and learn everything you need to know about me. <laughs> it's so weird. That it's is too the smart. Weirdest it's part so weird. about it. But yeah, um, but I love yeah. it. I love it. My favorite, my favorite TikTok follows, in addition to the ones that we've already mentioned, um, Ashley Hufford is awesome. She's actually she did the five show day with Kate. Um, Grace Aki, it's Grace Aki is her her handle. Uh, Elisa Payne ninety nine um, writes little musical theater songs um, and is so fun. Uh, facilitator of joy. I mean, there's so 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 many. 
Um, and uh, and and uh, so here's my big question for you: Are you gonna start creating content, or are you still sheepish about that idea? You know, in light of recent events, uh, <laughs> no. I don't blame you. No, I don't no, 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 no. You, I, you, I actually, <laughs> truly, after interviewing and having a chat with Daniel Mertzloft and Jessica Humphrey, and it, I do think that there is value to it, and there's value to my opinions. Um, I just would want to do it in my own way, right? Like, yeah. um, truly curate what it is. Think about, yeah. uh, you know, I'm a details person, so I think about the the things that I'm standing in front of, or the the things i'm talking about um so yeah i think it i i'm gonna go for it i'm gonna do it okay cool i'm gonna do it i've i i'm already following you as you know um so as soon as that first thing drops i will i will share it uh <laughs> the handful of followers that i have will also see it um you know the, the as we were talking about that fear that you have now been really open about about like saying something and then having regret about it or or getting pushback about it Here's my advice, and and I I, con I contradicted this advice yesterday with a TikTok that I made, but what you just said about curating and and really being deliberate, um, I think one of the major challenges with social media is not counting to ten when you have an emotional reaction to something. Um, it seems to me that when people get in the most hot water, it's because they are speeding to get some emotional hot take out into the world first and they they haven't really thought about it they're they're still in a very emotional place um i i said i said bs I, like only i really said it on my tiktok yesterday for the very first time i already kind of regret it although i stand by what i said um i just wish i had said it in a less emotional way that would be my thing is is i would say to you um Make sure you count to 10 and be thoughtful about how you say things. I would love, I mean, I already, you know, follow you on every other social media <laughs> platform. So I would love to see what you brought to it. And even if you decide that it, you don't want to, I, I hope that, uh, I hope that you continue to use it because I think it's really fun. Yeah, it's super fun. And I will say, um, I, I think that it is like, if TikTok is a community, then how you interact with it is exactly what that community is right some people right. are viewers some people are, are creators um it reminds me if we were all in one big room right like i would probably not be the one sort of distributing news you would <laughs> you would find me n near the food or um you know or i would i would take a position of leadership being like all right guys we can do it right so yeah so yeah, it, it's just interesting. It's like we are the same people, whether it is uh, broadcast to the world or not. Right. All right. Well, uh, thanks for suggesting it. Thanks to our listeners for for listening. I mean, we've. I don't know that we need to end this with a recommendation because we've been recommending follows and things this whole time. But um, if you get on TikTok, don't just follow us, but like you know interact with us and, and let us know and let us know by shooting us an email or an Instagram message about your thoughts on TikTok and in the musical theater classroom. Maybe we'll hear from some of our listeners and want to do a follow-up on how effective some of the things that uh, people are, are doing with musical or with TikTok and the musical theater classroom. Awesome. Thanks, Maddie. Cool. Bye everyone. Well, thank you, Kikau. The Maddie and Kikau Podcast Show.
Music for Carefully Taught was provided by Joshua Haig. For more information, visit joshuahaigmusic.com. TikTok, you don't stop.